Imagine you're sitting down to listen to this package with some food and a drink. You've got a thick roll layered with cheese, cold cuts, maybe even some lettuce. So are you eating a sub? Or is it a hoagie? Or a hero? Or even a grinder? Okay, now you take a sip of your carbonated sugary beverage. Are you drinking soda? Or is it pop? Or even a Coke? Doesn't matter if it is Coca-Cola you're drinking. What's up with all these different words for the same things? Well, it has to do with regional dialects. Believe it or not, a country as big as the United States is bound to have some differences in speech, and it all depends on where you're from. Yeah, so there are multiple different factors that can actually impact why, and the reason why we have regional terms and dialects. Some of it is historical, geographical, social, and cultural factors. That's Ashley Chung-Fat Yim. She's a research assistant professor in the Department of Communication Sciences and Disorders at Northwestern University. Chung-Fat Yim described how geography in particular plays into the development of regional dialects. In the past, there were geographical barriers, such as like rivers and mountains, that actually created isolated communities. And over time, these isolated communities actually developed their own distinct dialect or terminology that set them apart from their neighboring regions. But we know that there's also been migration and there's been migration patterns and language contact that led to the spread of different languages and dialect features that transferred from one region to another. So when people move to a new area, they bring their own languages with them, which can influence the local speech patterns and vocabulary. Colonization also plays a role in shaping local dialects. While colonizers often impose their own languages, colonized people also maintain aspects of their native languages. This can lead to the creation of new dialects. So this is actually what happened um, to the language that I speak back at home. I speak um, Mauritian Creole. And Mauritius was colonized by European countries, like the Dutch, French, British. And the interaction between like the European colonizers and African slaves laid the foundation for the development of Mauritian Creole. And French became like the dominant language of like administration, education, and culture. Which is why, like, oftentimes when somebody who speaks French, who knows French, listens to, like, the language I speak with my parents, they'll recognize certain words and they'll be, be able to decipher, like, what we're saying. Another factor that influences local dialects is immigration. We know that different ethnic groups, they, like, settled in different specific regions. And as a result, they brought their language and dialect with them. And over time, these like linguistic influences, they blend with the local language, creating these unique regional um, dialects, terms, and vocabulary. In the Midwest, for example, high rates of Polish and German immigration led to some unique region-specific phrases. When I first came to campus, there was a sign above the Memorial Union that said, I thought, brats on the terrace. And I thought, why would they advertise really little children? <laughs> So I quickly learned that brats were not brats <laughs> and that everybody here knew that, but not people in any of the other places I had lived. Nowadays, of course, they're all over the place, but that was a shock at first. That's Joan Hall. She's the chief editor emerita of the Dictionary of American Regional English, or DARE. DARE is a project based at the University of Wisconsin at Madison. It was the, the brainchild, really, of Professor Frederick Cassidy. And he got started first by doing a sample survey of Wisconsin to try to see 
whether the questions he had in mind actually had some good answers. And then he used those as the basis for the nationwide survey that started in 65. And they had selected a thousand communities across the country. And the people they were interviewing needed to have been born there and stayed in that community their whole lives. So that way we could really get an idea of the regionality of their responses. The initial interviewing period for DARE lasted from 1965 to 1970. Today, as language continues evolving, they continue adding to their entries. In some ways, language is changing due to increased intermingling of communities. Well, originally, the differences in dialects were basically based on the kinds of people who came to those communities in the beginning. And as people moved west in different waves, those original dialects moved further toward the the west coast. So broadly, dialectologists talk about um, four major regions, north, north midland, south midland, and south. But uh, these days, things are not that clear. However, one main purpose of Dare's work is to push back against the idea that American English is becoming homogenized. To some extent, it's true. Um, For instance, when we asked a question about what do you call a big sandwich, in a sandwich in a long bun with meats and cheeses and lettuce and tomato, we had some marvelous maps. A hero was in New York, a hoagie was in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, a grinder was in the Northeast. And those were just very, very well-defined. Now, if we were to ask the same question again, I'm sure that sub would be all over the country because of the Subway franchise. But at the same time, I'm sure that we would find regional patterns for the others. They would be broader and more scattered around the edges, but there's still a pattern there. Chung Fat Yim also made the point that in some ways, social media can actually help with accent and dialect preservation. I also think that technology allows for you to have like more exposure to diverse languages. It allows you to also like preserve these languages. Like for me, like Mauritian Creole, I'm, I'm sure like a lot of people have not heard of it before. And social media and technology allows you to have some kind of like digital footprint of that. So keep on enjoying your hoagies and grinders, your soda and pop. Drink from the bubbler or the water fountain and put your trash cans out on the tree lawn or the road verge. You're preserving local culture after all. For WNUR News, I'm Allison Rout.